Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 25 years. I'm a life coach, fantasy author, and engineer. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. Hi, I'm Jesse Tugney, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 10 years now. I'm currently a student at Montana State and learning more and more about how our world works. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, feature members of the type 1 community who are just like you, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 132 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, we're talking about feeling alone with type 1 diabetes and some ways that you can manage it. But first, we have the win, fail, and hack of the week, and I have the win. My win is that I got my lab results back for my blood draw, and my A1C is 5.4%. It's always nice to see that I'm staying in the range that I want to be in, which is less than 5.5. So that's my win for this week. All right, and I've got the fail this week. So this week, I actually had three site failures which really sucks because they only last like two days and it went through not a ton of insulin, but just enough to annoy me with changing out stuff and filling tubing and blah, 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 blah. So basically the first one, I forgot my leg, which leg doesn't absorb the insulin well. That'd be my left leg. So I changed it to my right leg, the, like a day and a half into the site. And then <laughs> right leg fell off during a rugby workout because I got a weight cut on it and it just yanked it off in the middle of the gym. So that was kind of gross, but you know, it's fine. So as of right now, my sight's on my stomach, although I know that's not going to last terribly long because, well, rugby's coming up and my, I get dragged on my stomach and not my legs a whole ton. So I'm going to get some centerless extra stickers so I can put over them and not worry about it so much. So yeah. Just the way you're like, I'm going to get dragged on my stomach and I'm like, Ooh, yeah. (laughs) I already know. The turf burn is coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I, you know, okay. For the, for the tip, I'm going back to blood draws because that is somehow more palatable to me than, than rugby. But if you're not a fan of, of needles in the crook of your arm, and I am 100% not a fan, the way that I've been able to get through my labs is to, one, not look at the phlebotomist or the needle while it's happening, and two, to actually do deep breathing. And I do this, I do this like so regularly when I go to get my lab draw done that it's just second nature for me. And the la- this last one, the phlebotomist was like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I just get anxious. I'm, I'm just deep breathing. It's fine. But the reason that I had, like, I have to do this is I had a pretty bad experience with a nurse trying to pull a fast one on me with a regular sized needle when I'd asked for a butterfly needle. And this is when I was a kid. So for the longest time, I just completely refused to get blood draws unless it was absolutely necessary. But now I know it's kind of necessary at least once a year. So that's that's how I get through them now. All right. So for this episode, we're talking about why it's easy for type 1 diabetics to feel alone with the disease. We're going to talk about some long-term impacts of feeling alone and then three ways that we can manage feeling alone. So I want to start off by saying if you're feeling alone with type 1 diabetes, there is nothing wrong with you. 
That is, I think, a natural reaction with emotions to this disease, especially if you don't know other type ones in real life. And we've actually interviewed several people on this podcast who have never met another type one diabetic in the flesh. All of their interactions with other type ones come from the online community. They come from Instagram, or maybe they actually don't interact that much at all. And reaching out to us might have been their first ever contact with somebody else who has type one diabetes. So that's a really important thing to know is like, first off, that it's not a I don't want to say it's not a problem, but it's not your fault if you're feeling alone. That's just, it's going to be a natural course of things if you're not exposed to other people with it. Another reason you might be feeling alone is definitely from the isolation from COVID. So we all experience the almost immediate shutting down of all activities and social distancing and quarantining and not being able to do what we want to do, like hang out with friends. And When you're already feeling some level of isolation or loneliness from having a disease that other people don't, having that extra layer of isolation, just like being by yourself on top of it, is like adding another disease on top of diabetes. Because we've talked about this before, how life is stressful, and then adding diabetes on top of it is just this whole extra layer of stress that we don't really need. And then when you add on top of that, the isolation from COVID, it's just this recipe for a disaster of loneliness and feeling like people don't understand you. If you are feeling alone with diabetes and, you know, maybe not even necessarily alone, just like somewhat of like an imposter syndrome sometimes, because I know I'll get that like, oh, am I deserving to be like here at college, you know, or and kind of start to question like, hey, I'm diabetic, but am I actually like even though like diabetes is very real and it's very part of very much a part of your life you can like along with the loneliness you can feel like you're kind of living this double life and you're not necessarily like stepping into being a diabetic and that's totally normal I've experienced that I'm sure Colleen's experienced that but it's it's normal to feel that way if you are feeling lonely with diabetes because it's that separation of like church and state, like although they're there, you may not be like fully balanced with how you're feeling. Like you may feel lonely and you may feel like you're just like not actually diabetic. And then those two go, that's all I want to say is just like those two do go together. And these tips will mostly help out too with that. That's especially true if you're not used to telling people that you have it and you're the only person you know who has it. So it's like this this thing about you that doesn't feel totally real. And if you talk about it, that'll make it real. So you might want to just not talk about it. So it stays fake. (laughs) Is that kind of where you're going with that? A little bit like you're not necessarily like you feel like a diabetic, even though you know you are like, in your brain, you're like, Oh, yeah, I'm diabetic. But like, sometimes like walking down the street, you're like, huh, I'm diabetic. And you you know, just feeling like that questioning of like, I, I am diabetic. And it comes along with the isolationism and the not necessarily knowing anybody and even knowing other diabetics too. You can be like, well, I'm not doing diabetes their way. So am I actually doing diabetes the way I'm supposed to? And then that's where it kind of feels like it's cut off. Another way that type ones can feel alone is by not knowing about resources. There are a ton of resources out there, but if you don't know they exist, then you don't know that you don't know what you don't know. And that alone can 
contribute to the feeling of loneliness because it's hard to search for information that you don't know exists. So if you're listening to this podcast, and this is like the first introduction to diabetes that you've had, go look at the show notes for all of the episodes. We list all of the resources that we use to to research for episodes. We link to guest websites. We link to guest Instagrams. We link to our Instagrams. Our website for this podcast is a wealth of resources available to you. And if you have no idea where to start, that would be a good place to start. So another thing kind of add is that thinking no way, nobody will understand necessarily like what you're going through. And that's fair. That's valid because a lot of people who don't have diabetes don't know what you're going to be going through. So having a majority, and if you especially don't know somebody who is diabetic, having a majority of people who don't know what you're going through, they can't understand. And that's okay to feel that way. And that also applies to if you have doctors and nurses who don't have type 1 diabetes, but they tell you they understand what it's like, that can make the feeling of loneliness worse because you're just sitting there thinking, no, you don't. You do not have this lived experience. You do not, you don't know what it's like to actually have to wake up in the middle of the night to take care of a low or take care of a high or rip your side off during rugby practice. And when doctors do the whole spiel about, I understand what it feels like, no, please, please don't do that. That doesn't yeah. help us when feeling lonely. I mean, I totally understand where they're coming from and trying to relate to people. Like, yeah, they may understand like the process of it, but they're not going to feel like the emotional, like the full emotional value of what you're going through. And just people aren't going to understand. And there's going to be that one person in your life who totally understands what you're going through. And even if they're not diabetic, they're just going to like be there and listen for you. So if you don't have that person in your life quite yet, they're going to they're going to come along. They're going to be there for you. I mean, even reaching out to other diabetics like online, totally cool. Most people are more than happy to like help you out and kind of walk you through and just be there to listen too. But yeah, it's okay to think that no one's going to understand because some people aren't and some people are and you know, those are the people you want to keep in your corner. So, another thing is feeling judged for not doing diabetes their way. So me, this meaning like I don't do diabetes the same way that Colleen does. Colleen doesn't do diabetes the same way that I do. And no one's going to do diabetes the same way because all of our bodies are completely different. And, you know, we follow the same protocols and the same procedures, but you should not feel judged for not doing it exactly the way that they're doing it. You can tweak things to make it easier on your life and your body. So like, for example, Colleen is on the Omnipod or T Slim. Okay. (laughs) Cool. See, I don't even know. (laughs) So she's on the T Slim and I'm on the CGM and Medtronic pump. So yeah, we just do diabetes differently and it's okay to be like, well, am I doing diabetes? And you can totally experiment with like whatever you want to try, like low snacks, different pump styles, and you don't have to do diabetes the same way that anybody else does. So yeah, you're good. I want to take a a moment for a side note where if your doctor has only ever pushed a single brand of pump, that means they are in a financial arrangement with that pump company to push that pump. So if you've only ever heard Medtronic, 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 that's because they're they're getting money to do that. And you have the right to know that other pumps out there exist. So we do have a full episode on the different pump manufacturers, the big three being Medtronic, Tandem, and Omnipod. And like, those are the ones that you want to research on your own and then present that to your doctor as an option that you're saying that you're saying, I want to try this one because I think it's going to work best for me. 
not specifically this pump that they're being paid to, to push on you. So, and soapbox. And it's okay to try out pumps short term too. Like if you have a four year period where you have to be on a pump, okay, cool. Just switch it up when you get off the warranty. Like that's okay too. Like just feel that you can do diabetes your own way. And if you want to be on shots too, and that works really well for you, go for it. Like there's no one way to do diabetes. Okay. So not knowing if you're doing diabetes the right way. So this is a really easy fix. You just have to look over your numbers a little bit more often or ask somebody like, Hey, am I doing this right? Like we're downloading your pump numbers maybe once a week. And you realize like, I don't think I'm doing this right. And just looking at the numbers and going back and seeing like, is there a pattern? Is there something going wrong? You have the option to fix that and you have the ability to like go in and fix that. Even without a doctor, you can totally do what you need to do. Just make sure you do know what you're doing most of the time. (laughs) I think you and I have kind of an advantage here when we both have engineer brain. So we look for the patterns and we're actually interested in the data. So if if you're not somebody who's like super interested in all the data stuff, maybe find a friend who is and have them go through your pump, like your pump uh, CGM data with you to help look for those patterns. And if they have questions, then you can help explain what the different numbers mean and and just like get some extra help outside of it if you're not that kind of data-oriented person like Jesse and I are. And that being said, is like you can also call up your doctor's office and be like, hey, I, I just need help looking over the numbers. I'm not really sure what they all mean. Like I've done that before where like, you know, sometimes you're just having like a bad month period and you're like, what is going on? You can call them up and they will, they can look at your numbers remotely. There's ways for them to help you out too. You don't have to just go to the appointments and just hear the knowledge every three months. You can call them as many times as you really want to, to be honest. Whenever I, whenever my doctor goes through my labs with me, she'll like say, oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. I'm like, okay, what are those things? (laughs) Explain please. And she's happy to do that. Another way to that it's easy for type 1s to feel alone is if you are the only one in your family, which means no one else shares the lived experience. And again, we've talked to so many people where they are the only ones in their family. I'm the only one in mine. Jesse's the only one in hers. It seems like we meet more people who are the only person with it than we do meet other people who have like siblings with it. But that can be a major source of loneliness is not having somebody else in your immediate family to share that experience with and commiserate with and just to have someone to be your go-to to just like vent if you need it. And so that's why I think it's really important to to cultivate those friendships with other type 1 diabetics and to cultivate those relationships with your doctors and your care team just so you have that support to lean on when you're in those places where it feels like everything is just going against you. And that leads me to the next point, which is that type 1 diabetics who are diagnosed older, and we're actually seeing a little bit more of that now, which is really weird, but they're less likely to go to camp where they can meet other type 1s and form those relationships. A lot of the people we've interviewed who were diagnosed as adults, they ask us about camp and like how it was growing up. And they express this kind of yearning that they wish they had had that opportunity to go to camp as a kid and meet these other type one diabetics. So they had that, that community built in from the start. And nowadays we have uh, like adult camps for people like adults with type one diabetes. They're uh, fewer and like far between, but they do exist. So we can link some resources in the show notes to find maybe an adult camp near you. But that's, that is another reason why it's easy to feel lonely with type one, especially as you're, as you get into adulthood. 
Another reason is that some neighborhoods just aren't conducive to meeting other type ones your age, especially if you're in a small town or even in a college town. It's just, it's not as likely that you're going to meet other type ones. And it's not really likely you're going to meet them if they're your age. I live in Missoula, Montana, and I have yet to meet in person another type one diabetic. I have met a parent, actually two parents of two other, two different type one diabetics. One of them is an LADA kid, and the other one is a type one in his late teens. And I haven't met them in person, but I've met their parents. I haven't been able to get connected with the community here if there is a community here. It doesn't seem clear that there is one just because it's such a small town. And Montana itself is, I can't kind of spread thin with endocrinologists. So just like the, the population, it's like just by the population, it's going to be hard to find another type one in my area. But um, like, that's just to say that some places, just because of the, the population density, it's going to be easier to find other type ones than it is in places like where Jesse and I live. I know it was probably way easier to find people in Western Washington because we had camp to go to and a whole bunch of different hospital networks that we knew all the nurses from. So that just goes to show location does matter when you're trying to find other people who have type one who are maybe your age that you want to meet in person. And then other type one diabetics may just not want to talk about their diabetes. And that's fine. Like, honestly, if they don't want to talk about it, that's okay. I mean, sometimes it does sing a little where you're like, are you diabetic? I'm diabetic. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. And you, you know, you make that new connection. But if some people just don't, like they may not be in the mood or like something happened or like some outside source where they just, they just want to be left alone for a little while. And that's okay. I mean, sometimes it kind of is a stinker and a bummer, but it's not like, it's not the end of the world. And I wouldn't take it terribly personally either. So yes. And as much as I love type 1 diabetics in the wild, I still feel a little anxious starting a conversation when I see somebody who has another like CGM or a Libre or pump tubing. Like I still get that little twinge of, eh, do they even want to talk about it? Is it going to be weird? Are they going to think I'm weird? And that's just my own brain drama that has nothing to do with the situation. So some long-term impacts of feeling alone, which you guys listening probably have already guessed at this. But one of them is, and I think the top one is going to be burnout. Burnout and everything that burnout leads to. We've done multiple episodes on burnout, but when it comes down to it, if you're feeling so alone that you enter a burnout stage, it's going to be so much harder to find the support to help you out of it. So I would highly recommend talking to a mental health professional, talking to your care team, Take a listen to those episodes if you're feeling burnout from feeling alone. And if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to other people about it, you can always reach out to us. So we are always available on Instagram, on our email, Colleen at inspiredforward.com. We just want to make sure that you you have all of the opportunity to get the help that you need in whatever way that it is. All right. So another side effect or an impact would be you're less likely to seek out help. And that's really true. You can get very stuck in these feelings of like, oh, I'm definitely alone. I have no one. And then just living like that. That's not like a quality of life. And you can definitely go in those ruts for a really long time. But just know that like, there's better, like there are people who can help you. And even though you might be less likely to seek out help, that is never zero. Like, 
you, there's always a chance that somebody's going to help you or like somebody's just going to say something and just be like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. So even though it may seem like for a while can't get help, you really can. People are here to help you. And related to that, it, it gets harder to talk about it because you have this cycle of thinking that other people won't understand. And that's true on some level, but other people don't have to understand the specifics about how you're experiencing diabetes to be able to help you get out of it. So that's something really important to remember is even if other people aren't going to fully understand what you're going through, they don't have to. They just need to be able to to get you the help that you do need. And that's probably the biggest hurdle is working up the courage to actually talk to somebody if you think they, that it's not going to matter because they don't understand. And another one is suppressing your emotions and it makes your life experience really negative and duller overall. Like you just, instead of being like happy and peppy, like you usually might be, you just might be like, I'm numb. I don't feel anything. Or, you know, you might not be able to like sympathize with the friends who's going through something or vice versa. You might have an awesome day and you might feel like I, I don't feel anything. Like I don't feel anything is just dull. And that's a time when you need to actually ask for help because that's, you may not want to, but in the long term is like, you deserve to be happy and you deserve to have those highs and lows in life that the lows sometimes sucks, but the highs are always really good. And yeah, life doesn't need to be dull. It doesn't need to be gray and washed out. It can just, it can be vibrant and full of color and happy and peppy and yeah, and you deserve that. So uh, kind of related to that is the idea that all of life experience is 50-50. So 50% positive and 50% negative. If you imagine a circle with that cut down the middle, positive on one side, negative on the other. When we're talking about suppressing emotions and that making life more dull and like just more negative overall, that's kind of adding more to the negative side without adding more to the positive side. So you kind of go past that 50% negative to just even more negative. And when we get to that point, that's kind of called buffering, where we start doing stuff to avoid feeling all of those emotions in the negative half. So that can be overeating, it can be over drinking, it can be over consuming anything, it could be doing not taking breaks, like doing too much homework, overworking, it could be just sitting in front of Netflix all evening, just trying to tune out all of the emotions that you're feeling. All of that buffering has net negative consequences. So if you think about like, what is the end result you're going to get from this behavior from trying to avoid feeling those feelings? That's like, that's the the extra negative that we don't want to just keep piling onto the negative side. We want to be able to move through that negative half to get to the positive half. And that's not going to happen if we're suppressing those emotions and, and buffering. So onto the ways to manage feeling alone. The first one I want to talk about is allowing yourself to feel it and process it without avoiding it. That That is hard for people who have never done that before. It's It's still hard for me, honestly. I still have problems with letting myself really feel the negative feelings and actually processing them through getting better at it, way better at it than I was when I first started going through self-coaching scholars, which is how I learned about this work. But really allowing yourself to feel alone in processing that emotion without trying to push it away with the buffering, that's going to really help you get through it because you're letting your body 
do what it needs to do to get the emotion out of your system. The next one is to seek out diabetes communities and others with type 1 diabetes. So you can start by pretty much just searching for type 1 diabetes on Instagram. That one is, it's really good. People are posting on those hashtags all the time. Jesse's talked about how uh, the TikTok diabetes community is really awesome. I know there's plenty of TikTokers on there that are just super cool. And we've inter- even interviewed one of them, Olivia Violet, or Liv Violet, I think she's, is how she goes by. But like diabetes communities, especially online, are all over the place. And you can you can find them by like simply searching for them. They're they're honestly not that hard to find. But if you didn't know they existed, then that would be one of those things you didn't know you didn't know. So ways to get out of feeling alone, I would suggest like searching out other type one diabetics. And if you need to, you can start with us. All right. And then I already talked about this a little bit, but talking to a professional. Crazy. I know. Therapists, doctors, support groups, they're a good place to start. Like they're awesome. If you want to get going and even if you feel like you don't necessarily need to reach out to somebody, it's always good if you have that want or that like feeling like, oh, I should or like, oh, I I think I should. I think I want to. They're there. You might as well. There's great places on college campuses and well, in small towns. I mean, I'm sure there's very good places. Cities, you're more likely to find a lot of those resources like more frequent, but they're there online. I mean, COVID really like sped up everything for online. So if even if like, you know, you're like me and you're living in Montana or somewhere really far from home, you do have those people who are there for you, like back home or like even, you know, if you find somebody online and they're there to help you. Like Colleen's here to help you guys. So yeah. So the spotlight this week is on Omnipod 5, which was just approved by the FDA at the end of January, 2022. This is the Omnipod closed loop system that we've been waiting for, for a long time, that the whole Omnipod community has been waiting for, for a long time. And this is the one that integrates with Dexcom G6. So it's supposed to be available later in 2022. It'll be able to be controlled by uh, a remote device. So your cell phone, or you can just use the, the regular old PDM that comes with the Omnipod. So you can find out more by visiting the link to the diatribe article in the show notes. All right. And our question for you guys this week is how often do you feel alone with your diabetes? And what are some ways that you feel less alone when you do feel that way? That is it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 132. That's the number 132. Apply to be a guest by visiting thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. I'm on all social media as at inspiredforward, and our email is colleen at inspiredforward.com. And guess what? We're on Instagram. Our podcast handle is thisistype1pod, and that's the number one if you do look us up. I'm personally on Instagram is at JJ underscore crystal K-A-T. So feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type 1 diabetes or about the show. And then if you do reach out on Instagram, just make sure you let me know you're a listener. Love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope it helped you feel a little bit less alone. Be sure to listen next week for another episode about real life with type 1 diabetes. Remember, you control your diabetes. It does not control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. 
It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.